I'm your host, Rufi Castro, and welcome to the Epicenter Fresno podcast. Praise the Lord. Welcome, my brothers, my sisters, and my friends to the Epicenter Fresno podcast. The message entitled, My Alabaster Box, was originally preached on March 19th, 2023 at Epicenter Apostolic Church. As always, you can listen to the complete message by going to our website, www.epicenterfresno.com. You could also go to our Facebook page, our YouTube channel, and our Instagram. And I do encourage you to listen to the complete message before uh, continuing with this podcast. The preaching, My Heart-Shaped Box, is actually about the woman with the alabaster box. And we originally read uh, the two scriptures that you find in the book of Mark and the book of Luke. The reason we decided to use both scriptures is because Mark gives us some details that Luke doesn't give us and vice versa. Luke gives us some details that we don't find in the book of Mark. In essence, uh, this whole idea of our heart-shaped box and the example that I give in the preaching is a jewelry box. The reason why women have jewelry boxes, obviously, is to keep their jewelry in there, uh, to keep things that are of high value. Uh, Our hearts are the same way. We hold things to our hearts that are near and dear to us. Uh, Sometimes it's a sentimental value versus monetary value. Um, There are dreams and there are hopes and there are ideas that we hold in our hearts and many times we don't share that with people. The reason we don't share that with people is because usually when you share your heart with someone, you are opening up the door to get hurt. And those of us who in life have been hurt in the past, we, we know what that feels like. So we tend not to share our heart. The Bible uh, tells us this story. Jesus is uh, preaching and uh, he gets invited to go to a, a house of a Pharisee. And uh, while he's there, and this is a well-known story, uh, you all know this story, Uh, while he's there and he's eating, you have this lady that walks in, she rushes him, she starts crying, and with her tears, she's washing his feet and uh, drying uh, his feet with her hair, and then you read there that she breaks the the alabaster box and, and, uh, and anoints him. So uh, this is, uh, this is important for me to, to hit. What she is doing is is an act of worship. And in fact, it's an act of worship because she's doing it to Jesus Christ. At the same time, it is the cultural norm. Uh, let me explain what I mean. So in, in the first century in the Middle East, when you would invite someone to your house, uh, you know, they would come in and you would have a servant wash their feet, you know, take their sandals off, uh, wash their feet, get the dust and dirt and things off their feet. Um, you would provide them with water uh, so they can refresh themselves. They can wash their face, um, you know, again, get the dirt, you know, uh, you know, out, get the sweat and, you know, out. Um, you would anoint them with oil. Uh, that was also part of the custom uh, because they're children of God. Uh, you anoint them with the oil. Uh, and after all of this is done, then, you know, you proceed to uh, to sit down and to have conversation and to eat and to have fellowship. 
when Jesus went to the house of the Pharisee, we know that this Pharisee, who should have known this, that this is the culture, um, we know that this Pharisee didn't do any of that because the Bible specifically says that when they saw this woman who was touching him, they started judging her in their hearts. And uh, the thought process was if he was really a prophet, uh, if he was really a man of God, he would know what kind of woman this is that's touching him. They didn't say that, but they thought it in their heart. And the problem is uh, with with Jesus, uh, Jesus knows our heart. Uh, I can fool you, you know, you can fool me. Um, but when it comes to Jesus, we, we can't. So we don't even have to say it. All we have to do is think about thinking it. And God already knows uh, what we're going to say, what we're thinking, what's in our heart. So he calls them out on it. And I like the way that he calls them out on it because he starts pointing out to the Pharisee, who who's the owner of the house. He starts pointing out and said, when I entered into your house, you didn't uh, wash my feet. Um, you didn't give me a kiss. You didn't anoint my head with oil. And this is the things that she's doing. And he's going back to that. So when you read that portion of scripture, when I entered your house, you didn't wash my feet. Yet, um, since the moment that she came in, she hasn't stopped washing them with her tears. Uh, so he really, he points it out and he, then he goes, he does like a little back and forth. You didn't do this, but she's doing it. You didn't do this, but she's doing it, right? So he's literally telling this uh, Pharisee, everything that you were supposed to do, she's doing. And she's being criticized for it. She's being called a sinner and she's being, you know, uh, and in fact, uh, one of the disciples um, was saying like it, it was a waste, the alabaster box that she broke and the spices that were in there. Um, it is estimated that it would have been about one year's uh, worth of wages. So think about your job. Uh, think about how much you make in a year. And that's how much these spices and, and these oils that were in that box, that's how much that was worth. So that that's a lot of money. So when she broke that, she's anointing him. And, and he does say that she was anointing him for his burial. But it's interesting to know, going back to the disciples, they were complaining like that's a waste. We could have sold that and we couldn't give you know money to the poor. We could have made some sandwiches with that and, and handed out to the poor, things like that. So... Everyone that's in that household, the Pharisee, uh, the disciples, they're completely missing the mark. And the question does have to become, it's this lady who we don't know her name. Um, we assume, uh, and I don't know where we get this assumption, but we assume that she was a prostitute uh, because it says she was a sinner. Uh, she could have been a thief. You know, she could have been uh, identity theft person, uh, you know, all that there's, there's more sins than prostitution that that women can do. Right. But I don't know why our, our mind goes to that, but you know, she's a sinner, but it's interesting to note that there is enough of a conviction of God in her heart that she understood who Jesus was. She understood that Jesus was more than a rabbi. She understood that Jesus was more than a prophet. Uh, she understood that Jesus was more than a holy man. She understood that because what she did, it's an act of worship. And if you do an act of worship to another human being, that's called idolatry. And uh, obviously she could have been stoned. Well, no one's talking about stoning her. No one's talking about anything like that. 
in their heart, they're just like, you know, it, she's doing all this. This is, it doesn't take all that, you know, things like that. So we really have to put the focus on this woman and, and really figure out what's happening in her mind as she's doing this. And with this, I want to take your mind back to the last time you approached God with a spiritual hunger, a spiritual hunger that there's not enough prayer, there's not enough reading of the Bible that you feel like would fulfill the need that you're going through. Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever gone through a situation where you just like, you just need God? You just need to feel his presence. Things are falling apart around you and and just whatever, maybe the job site, maybe at school, maybe your physical body, like your physical strength, your mind, you name it. Um, but sometimes we go through certain situations where in our mind, if I could only feel the presence of God, I know it's going to be okay. It, if I could only feel his presence, I'm not even asking him to heal my body. I'm not even asking me to fix a situation at work. I'm not even asking for any of that. All I'm asking is for his presence. That's it. Because I know if I can feel his presence, I know he's going to give me enough authority. He's going to give me enough anointing that I don't have to worry about what I'm going through. And in fact, we don't even think about that, right? We don't even think about the anointing we're going to receive and the authority we're going to receive. We don't even think about that. We're just so hungry for his presence that nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. When we put ourselves in that situation and we remember a point in time in our life that we were going through something like that, now we're able to understand this woman. Because the alabaster box uh, in, in the preaching, uh, uh, we made it a representation of our heart. We hold things, as I mentioned at the beginning of this broadcast, we hold things in our heart that are near and dear to us. Things that are important to us. That's what we hold in our heart. We don't place things in our heart that we don't care about, uh, things that are not important to us. We don't place that in our heart. What we hold near and dear, uh, things that define us, that's what we hold in our heart. So here's the thing when it comes to the to praise and worship of God. When we go before the presence of the king, uh, we talk about surrendering everything to him, right? I surrender all. Uh, one of the, you know, one of the famous songs, uh, we talk about, you know, giving back to God, everything he's given us. So when we're talking about this woman, there's such a hunger for the the presence of God. And when she realized Jesus was going to be in that house, she, she went in, she didn't knock on the door. She didn't wait to be invited. She didn't greet anyone. She went straight to the feet of Jesus because she was desperate. It, it was desperation in her life, whatever she must have been going through, whatever she must have been facing. It was such a desperate situation that she went to the feet of Jesus. And it's interesting to note, she takes this alabaster box, which is basically everything that she has, everything that she owns, everything that defines her. It's in this alabaster box. Now watch. Many times we go before the presence of God and we tell God we want him to do something for us. If I'm going to give him my heart, I, I want him to, to help me break it. I want him to convince me. I, I want to 
I want him to give me some sort of sign so that I can give my heart to him. So that that's one way. The desperation way is when I'm going to go before the presence of God and I'm not asking God to help me do anything. In fact, I'm telling God I'm in your presence. I'm going to break my own heart open. I don't need your help, God, to open up my heart. I'm going to, I'm here. I'm going to open up my heart on my own and I'm going to pour it out before your feet. Whatever it is I have inside of me, whatever degrees I may have, what what my whatever my shortcomings are, uh, whatever my weaknesses are, the good, the bad, the ugly, I'm opening up my heart and I'm going to place everything at your feet. Because in doing so, I know that I'm giving you worship and adoration. And when you show up and you give the king worship and adoration, the reason you do that is because, number one, you recognize you're in the presence of the king. But when you do that, there is a fulfillment in your soul because you're doing what scripture is telling you to do. And you're not doing it because scripture's telling you to do it. You're doing it because you know who is. You're not doing it because scripture is telling you to do it. You're doing it because you recognize in whose presence you're actually in. So this is what happened with the lady with the alabaster box. And and I'm going to tell you when when you start chasing after God with desperation, people are going to talk about you. People are going to say things about you, and, and some of them might be even bold enough to come to up to come up to your face and say, "Hey, what's going on with you? You know, you're 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 changing. It's Sunday, and we're at church, and you're you're here, and you're you're crying. And you, it doesn't take all that. Jesus doesn't need all of that." But that only shows you that you need to pray for them because that only shows you where they're at in their spiritual walk. And we don't want to be like that. We want to take every day that God gives us as a blessing and an opportunity for us to break our alabaster box before the presence of God. Not just on the day that we repented and we got baptized, not just on the day that the Lord filled us with the Holy Ghost, but every day that we're alive, we want to be able to acknowledge God and tell God, here's my alabaster box. Don't forget to check out our website at epicenterfresno.com where you will find links to our Facebook page, our YouTube channel, and our Instagram.